In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our text for this morning is uh, printed on, uh, in our bulletins and also on our screens. It's taken from Ephesians chapter 4. And I invite you to join with me in reading. As a prisoner of the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling to which you have received. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. This will serve as our text for this morning. People of God, people of faith in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> as you watch the uh, news, or as you read newspapers, or as you check, check out breaking news on the social media and the Internet, is there ever any need of a good word? Of course there is. Of course there is. Just think about all the words that we hear day after day, the thousands of words that we hear. What percentage of them are good? What percentage are bad? When we take an evaluation of it, we live in a world that desperately needs good words. Now, it's very perplexing to me that as I live in a world that is in desperate need of a good word, I can easily develop the attitude that says, forget the good word, I'd rather focus on the bad and share it. I'd rather find out what's bad in the lives of others and be able to share that and speak about that very readily. Now that's an attitude that's not only found in our world in which we live, it's found among us as Christians as well. And when we have that particular type of attitude bouncing around within our heads, it should make us scratch our heads and wonder, surely there's enough bad news in our world today. Why would we want to add any more? Now, St. Paul was a man who definitely wanted to spread the good word. He knew the reality of the bad news in the world, but that wasn't the reason why he, wanted, he was so insistent on devoting himself to the good word. The reason that he wanted to share the good word, because he knew that God had paid a tremendous price for him, and that God, in his grace and mercy, had made him God's very own child. Since God had made him a child of God, St. Paul wanted to live as a child of God. And that meant being a person who was intent on spreading the good word, especially the good word of God's love and forgiveness demonstrated so fully in Jesus. Now, occasionally people who are not Christians will uh, tell me that the Bible and Christianity are not relevant. They're outdated. Uh, they're not practical for helpful and daily life. Now, whenever I hear comments like that, I immediately realize here is a person who hasn't been reading the Scriptures. Here is a person who really doesn't know much about the Bible at all. For you see, it's very difficult uh, to read the Scriptures without encountering some very down-to-earth directives, guidance regarding the nitty-gritty of life. If you don't believe it, Reread the epistle for today that John read to us. 
Man, talk about getting into the nitty-gritty. It definitely does as it speaks right to the point of leadership within the church. Now, God intends His Word to get deep down within us, whether it's uh, affecting our minds, our thoughts, whether it's affecting our hands, our feet, whether it's affecting our tongues or our mouths. God intends His Word to get deep down within us and to be readily displayed in the ways that we live and the ways that we speak. Now, in most of his letters, St. Paul greets the readers, and after he greets the readers, he then devotes half of his letter to reviewing what we might call the facts of faith. The facts of faith. And he reviews these particular facts of faith in order to make sure that we understand what God has done for us. Faith fact number one. Let's read it together. God loves us and shares His gift of life with us. Faith fact number two. The power of sin within us fights against the good that God gives us. Faith fact number three. As sinners, there is no way that we can rescue ourselves from the power of the sin and the power of death. Faith fact number four. Because God so intently loves us, He gave His perfect Son to die as a sacrifice that provides the forgiveness that we need. Faith fact number five. By His resurrection from the dead, Jesus assures us that He has conquered death for us. Faith fact number six. Because God is faithful and keeps His promises, we can be sure of our eternity with Him. And faith fact number seven, because of His great love for us, He claims us as His child, as a citizen of His kingdom. What tremendous faith facts. What tremendous faith facts. And those are things that have been accomplished for us out of the grace and mercy of God. Now, after St. Paul in his letters, after St. Paul has reviewed and reinforced these faith facts, then the Holy Spirit directs him and to, to apply these things to our lives. And uh, since God has graciously called us, since God has paid such a huge price for us in order to make us his children, then how are we to live as his children? And in his letters, then St. Paul usually lists a variety of examples of how God's people live. He describes a life of Christ as it is displayed in husbands. He describes a life of Christ as it is displayed in wives, in parents, in children, in masters, in slaves, in rulers, in citizens. And he demonstrates also how the Word of God is to get into our minds, to change our perspective, our view of life. He describes how the Word of God is to uh, get into our hands and our feet to be acts of service to God and to others. And he also talks about how the Word of God is to get into our mouths and cleanse our tongues so that we might clean up our language so that the words that we speak truly be words of power. Since gracious, God has graciously made His us his children for all eternity 
then let us live as children each day. And our language and tongues are the focus of today's text. Let's take a look at it again. Please join with me in reading it. As a prisoner of the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling to which you have received. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Scriptures are very, very clear that words can be powerful. Words can be powerful. They can build up. They can destroy. Now, when St. Paul describes some language as being unwholesome, he's using a word that has a root meaning of rotten. Rotten. He's basically telling us, don't allow your words to bring more rottenness into this world. Don't allow your words to bring more rottenness into your life. Don't allow your words to bring more rottenness into the lives of others. Rottenness. Now, we can all tell examples of how words have been used to rot, to corrupt, to destroy. Let me give you an example. In Miami, Oklahoma, where Jane and I lived for 40 years, there was a company named Blitz. Blitz manufactured containers, especially for gasoline, for other uh, similar types of materials. The company had operated successfully for more than 50 years, having very, very few complaints about the products. But a man came along who uh, said that he was a consumer advocate, claimed that he was an expert, he published a report showing that the containers were dangerous, even though uh, very few complaints had ever been filed against the company and the products. As a, as a result of this man's report, sales plummeted. Most of the, uh, the containers had to be recalled. The company went bankrupt. Hundreds of workers lost their jobs. Thousands of family, family members suddenly found themselves without a source of income. Families were displaced. The community also suffered terribly from the plant closing. About six months after the plant closed, it was discovered that the so-called consumer advocate had deliberately rigged his experiments to make sure that the containers failed. But by then, it was too late to revive the company or to bring relief to those who were devastated. The man's word was powerful, but it was rotten. It was rotten. And it had a terrible impact on the lives of many others. Now, that can not only happen to companies, but also to personal lives as well. I'm sure that almost all of us have seen how the uh, reputation of individuals have been severely hurt by rumors, by unfounded accusation, rotten mouths, speaking rotten words that produced rotten results. St. Paul said, that's not the way it's to be. That's not what is to be found in the mouths of the children of God.
Live a life worthy of the calling which you have received. God, by His grace and mercy, has paid a huge price so that you can be His child. Do not let any rotten talk come out of your mouth. Live a life. Speak the words that are worthy of being a child of God. Instead of rottenness, use our words to build up, to be helpful for those who listen. Now, God is certainly not telling us to sweep sin under the rug and ignore it. Cassidy was right on in her faith statement this morning. Sin has to be dealt with. We live in a world of sin. The power of sin is always at work within us. We and others are often going to say things that need to be challenged by God, do things that need to be challenged by God as being unacceptable, unacceptable as a child of God. But again, we must understand that our words can be very powerful. Jesus understood the power of sin. He also understood the power of words. And he knew that there were going to be a number of occasions when Christian people would hurt each other and sin against each other. And that's why in Matthew chapter 18, Jesus gives us very specific guidelines on how we are to address those situations. When someone sins against us, or when we think they have sinned against us, then we don't go out and tell everybody else what this person has done. That is not what Jesus tells us to do. He says, go and talk to that person directly. Go and speak to that person and talk to them about what has happened. Now, from my own personal experience, I have found that uh, very often when I do that, I find that I have misunderstood what the other person said or did. Or it had been misinterpreted to me as far as what the other person's actions were. And very often the persons would say, oh, I can see why it was taken the wrong way. I should have said or done things a little bit differently. And reconciliation could take place. Powerful words. But in case that did not work, then Jesus tells us then, uh, then if it's not resolved, then talk to several others who will talk with that person. And again, choose people that the person respects so that the person will listen carefully to them, all intended to bring about reconciliation and resolution. And then if that doesn't work, then seek additional people who have strong Christian faith who can help to bring about resolution. Now, as we read through that particular section of Matthew chapter 18, we will immediately note nowhere, nowhere does Jesus tell us, go out and tell everybody what this person has done. Nowhere does he say that. Instead, he restricts it, the conversation, so that it is directed always to reconciliation, to words of healing and words of hope. And forgiveness. Jesus outlines that particular process not to condemn others, but to help us each see our own responsibilities, our own sin, but especially for each of us to hear his 
powerful word of forgiveness. Forgiveness conveys tremendous power. It, tr it brings tremendous power. It's the good word that we need. It's the good word that people in our society need, that others need. It's the good word that fits the occasion and builds up. It's a word of faith, hope, healing, forgiveness. Last spring we had a Bible study entitled uh, Joining Jesus on His Mission. And in this particular study is designed to help us to bring the good word of God into the lives of others. As we participated in this study, it helped us to open our eyes to see the opportunities that God was giving us uh, in our daily lives, opportunities to share His good word. Uh, one participant talked about how as uh, she went through her daily life as a teacher, she found opportunities to comfort her students in a classroom, assuring them that they were loved. Another participant uh, said that as she uh, volunteered in a nursing home, she found opportunities that God was giving her to assure people of their forgiveness, especially when they could not feel that they had been forgiven or understood that God actually had forgiven them. And as we participated in this study, what we discovered was Jesus not only gives us his good word to share, he also invites us to come along with him in our daily lives as if he is saying, walk with me, I'll give you opportunities to speak the powerful word. Come with me, I'll give you opportunities to bring a word of healing, a word of health, a word that builds up, a word that is life, not rotten, not corruption, but healthy and healing. Ted was raised in an environment that had little regard for others. His language showed it. His language very abusive and abrasive, filled with cursing, condemnation. <clears throat> he didn't care who was around when he spoke that way. And many people, whenever they were around Ted, cringed as they listened to his words. Then through an unusual series of events, the Holy Spirit brought Christ to Ted and Ted to Christ. He was baptized. He confessed his faith in Christ. He began to try to find ways to change his life and especially to clean up his language. Ted's old friends began noticing changes in his actions, especially the way that he was speaking. And so when he refused to join in the usual verbal outrage that he used to do, several of his friends chided him saying, what's the matter? Cat got your tongue? Does a cat got, has a cat got your tongue? To, bit, to which Ted replied, not the cat, Christ. Christ got my tongue. People of God, people of faith, who have trust in the promises of Christ, not the cat, but Christ. May our Lord rule our tongues so that instead of rottenness, forgiving, forgiveness, healing, life, be the words that we speak. Created me a clean heart. And while you're doing it, O oh Lord, 
create in me a clean tongue. 